everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to continue our deconstruction of the idea of holiness, following Jesus, and doing things that please God. We're also going to begin to reconstruct. Last time I shared with you guys some of my struggles with the idea of holiness, or more clearly the way people have used that term to define how we need to act or behave in a way that's separate from the world or in a specific way that's like the group we're a part of. And we talked a little bit about motivations for following God, and we we discussed the idea, is God pleased with me when I follow him versus not please when I'm not. And I kind of just shared some ideas for my own musings as I've been thinking about that. And I'm excited to continue on today and just kind of do a little bit more deconstruction and then begin to reconstruct. If you're familiar with the idea of deconstruction, it's the idea of we're taking down these things that we used to believe um, about God, the Bible, church, all that kind of stuff. And then we're a lot of times just get left there. If you look into deconstruction across social media or the blogosphere or whatever, a lot of times people are just really into deconstructing. They want to just tear it all down and be like, yeah, now I just don't know. But I think it's really important to reconstruct. And that's what I've got in my own life. And I want to encourage all of you guys to reconstruct because I do believe that there is a very real God out there who loves us, who died so that we could know him and who wants to know us. And so as we reconstruct, I would just encourage you guys to just be seeking for him, looking for reality, and not just getting lost somewhere in this emptiness of questions and feeling like you're never confident in anything. Because I really think we can be confident in the same way that we are also sure that some of the things that we were taught or we used to believe aren't true. So that's my little spiel on reconstruction. I think it is very important to reconstruct. So let's talk about following God. Why do we follow God? I threw out some things that drive me crazy last week. I hate the idea of having to follow God because we're waiting for judgment or rewards. That's just not enough of a motivation to me. I don't like the idea of I'm trying to be a billboard or a good example. But what are some motivations that are actually intrinsic that would make me want to follow God? And as I've developed my relationship with Jesus over the years, there are things that I don't do. And there are definitely things that I do do. So what are the motivations behind those things? Why do I choose to do what I believe is right and avoid what I believe is wrong? And a lot of it comes down to, I want to or I don't want to. And that sounds just terrible, except that I love how it comes so organically and naturally as we get to know Jesus. There's a girl in my life, I may have mentioned her before, who just has gone through a really big transformation in the last couple of years and just her relationship with God. And, and I remember her saying to me, I'm not the same person I used to be. There's things that I'm just not doing anymore because I just don't want to. And there's other things that I am doing because I do want to do them. And I was like, yes, that is evidence of the Holy Spirit at work. And so I think that it's okay to be like, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. I just don't, I don't want to. And let me tell you, because you don't want to do it versus because you think you shouldn't do it such bigger motivation. So much easier to avoid things that are sin. Such better. Oh, so much better. 
I think it's important that we see consequences because the truth of the matter is all sin has consequences. It's not like God's up there telling us what's right and wrong and getting us because he just wants us to be miserable. God understands that sin brings death and that our brokenness, our corruption because of sin, it leads to death. And so there's always consequences, always consequences for negative choices and for choosing to sin, always. And I just don't like those consequences. So I tend to avoid things because I'm like, yeah, it's not worth it. And I think that's okay. That's an internal motivation. And honestly, it all comes down to heart change. When we get to know Jesus and he begins to work on our heart, as the Holy Spirit begins to make us more like him, as he begins to renew us, restore us, and make us into the person we were created to be without sin, like our heart is just changed and we don't want to do those things. We want something different. And I think that's okay. It's maybe not like as spiritual or religious, but hey, we don't do that kind of stuff anyway, right? So I just want to encourage you with that as we start this, that so much of this following God, doing things that please God, being set apart for holiness really just comes down to our hearts being changed and we want to follow Jesus. So I told you I was going to introduce you guys to some people that have really just inspired me and just helped me to really rethink this whole idea of surrender and um, following God. And I I met these people, not in real life. I wish I could because they're awesome. Um, But I encountered them, I guess we'll say, through some books first and then through a podcast and some stuff like that. But I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, Within the church, the evangelical church, in the last few years, we have had a lot of trouble reconciling the church and the LGBTQ community. and So much of the things that we have said about people have just been very unloving, very unloving, very unaccepting. And there is a middle ground here between how we treat people and what we believe is true. And this is what I love about Lori and David. And they are speaking from experience because within the LGBTQ Christian community, there are actually a couple different sides of how they believe. When it comes to sexuality and the Bible and God. Side A is probably the one that you're the most familiar with. This is the people who believe that God is affirming of same-sex relationships, that it's okay for Christians to engage in those kinds of relationships, and that the idea that the Bible is against homosexuality is not actually accurate. So that's side A. Side X um, is more probably in the conservative circles, where people are not willing to embrace their sexuality. They don't want to believe that they're actually part of the LGBTQ community. They won't identify with that at all. They want to try to change their orientation through therapies and stuff like that. They tend to try to just ignore the fact that it's even there. So that's side X. But then side P is a group of Christians who identify as LGBTQ and they're totally fine and just identifying with that and affirming their orientations like that. But at the same time, they also hold to an orthodox view of the Bible and of sexuality. And so they believe that God's design for sex is between a man and a woman in marriage. And I have so much respect for people inside B because this is just a huge decision that they're making. They're willing to hold to this orthodox view of sexuality and marriage 
that is a huge sacrifice for them. This is a very real thing that they are willing to lay aside in order to follow what they believe to be true. So I just have a massive amount of respect for them. And this is the side, side B, that both David and Lori that I mentioned um, fall into. David Bennett is the author of a book called A War of Loves. And it's the story of how he went from being an atheist gay activist to being a believer in Jesus Christ. And it is amazing. He tackles all kinds of really just deep things in there. And he shares the most amazing conversion story that you will have ever heard in your life. I love it. I would tell you just buy the book and read it just to hear how the Holy Spirit tracked David down and just loved on him. It's amazing. Lori Krieg is the CEO, founder of Whole in Your Heart Ministries, and she is married to her husband, Matt, even though she is attracted to women, and they have three beautiful children. And she does this podcast. It's wonderful. Her and Matt talk about the ways the church can love well the LGBTQ community, and they're just fantastic people. And I'll have all those links in my notes to this podcast. But I was listening to Lori David was on her podcast and they were talking about surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And they were specifically talking about in the area of their sexuality because David has chosen to be celibate now. So he is choosing to be celibate and just live his life for Jesus. And like I said, Lori, although attracted to women, is married to her husband, Matt. And so this is how they're walking out these beliefs. But as they're talking about following Jesus, holiness, all this kind of good stuff, They just said such wonderful things as they were talking because so often I have heard people say, make Jesus the Lord of your life. And I just, it just grates on me. But as I heard David and Lori share about surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I was like, wow, why does that sound so different? And I think so much of it is when you hear people talking about making Jesus the Lord of your life, it's often just these lists of things you have to do. Like, here's the rules to follow. Here's the ways that if you're really making Jesus the Lord of your life, this is what it will look like. And it's just, once again, just these things that you're doing, doing, doing. It's just this religion. And when I heard David and Lori share about surrendering to the Lordship, I was like, oh, I love it because we're not doing anything to make Jesus Lord. Like, he's already Lord. We're just acknowledging the fact that he is God, that he's the King, that he's the Lord. And we're surrendering ourselves to his lordship. And it was beautiful. It was a wonderful podcast episode. I will attach it in my notes. Fantastic. But I was like, wow, that is just resonating with me. And this journey of like, what does it mean to, to be holy, to be set apart, to follow God without religion? Without this list of do's and don'ts, without a checklist. What does that look like? What does that mean? As I was listening to them share, and I was just thinking about the sacrifices that they've both made in their own lives to follow Jesus, to surrender to his lordship, to live a life that they believe to be holy, I was inspired. And I was thinking about what does this look like in our lives? What does it look like for us to allow Jesus to be Lord? And there is, I think I may have mentioned it in previous podcasts. I know I've talked about it on my blog, but there is this ambulatory model of salvation that is out there. It's this idea of what it looks like. And I like it even more just for salvation. I like it even just in our sanctification. What does this look like? It's the idea that the Trinity is like a team of holy EMTs. And they want to save you. They want to save all of us. And if we will stop resisting them, they will. However, we are allowed to resist. And so if we decide we're getting out of the ambulance, we don't need you. I don't need Jesus. I don't need what you're offering. I'm out of here. They'll let us. 
But if we don't resist, then they will save us. They will bring us to the place where we understand what we need to understand to be saved. And I honestly love that. It resonates with what I know to be true about God and about who he's been in history, about how he's revealed himself to people around the world. Basically, there's enough There's enough information just in looking at creation to realize that there is a God. And if we'll seek for him, he's going to show us enough of himself to save us. It's not like there's this five-step method that everyone has to follow in order to get saved. I mean, no. No. It's recognizing that we need a Savior and that he's it. I'm believing in that. It's always been about faith. Look at the Old Testament. It's full of it. Same thing. So when you look at this in the idea of like sanctification and holiness and following God, I think so much of it comes down to surrender. Like David and Lori said, it's we stop resisting. We surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We lay there in that ambulance gurney and we allow them to save us. We stop resisting. We allow the Holy Spirit to say, this is what I'm going to do. And you just say, okay. And I love that because it doesn't feel like it's something I have to perform somehow or something that I have to do. It's me surrendering and saying, okay, I will let you. I will let you. So what does that look like? I want to just point out four different things. Because I think we get very caught up in this idea of conviction versus guilt and shame. And Christian people are really great at giving you lots of guilt and shame to make you want to change your behavior. And I mean, it's just part of who we are as broken people. And guilt and shame is a motivator. It works. I hate that it works, but it works. And so I want you to not confuse guilt and shame with conviction because God says in Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Guilt and shame, they're not from God. The Holy Spirit gives us conviction. Conviction is like a gentle nudge. Sometimes it's more than gentle. Sometimes it's a punch. But it's that, that push, that nudge, that, hey, hey, that's wrong. I just want you to think about that. What does it look like to have no guilt and shame? Instead, just to be able to be aware of the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that he's convicting you in love because he loves you. And then we've got repentance. Repentance is agreeing with God. People like to say that repentance is like this change of your behaviors, but I think repentance is more of a change of your mind. It's something that we're we're agreeing with God. Yeah, you're right. That is a bad idea. Yeah, you're right. That is wrong. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to have that in my life anyway either. No more. I'm done. And then there's surrender. Surrender is recognizing our lack and letting go of our desire of control and allowing his power to fill us. And then there's faith, believing that God is going to do the work in me. I'm going to surrender, stop resisting, let go of control, allow him to be God. And he is going to do the work in me to start to change me, to change my desires, to change my wants, to change my loves. And I think that's really important that we can just let that go and let God be God and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So how does this tie back in with holiness? Well, if holiness is being set apart, and if God definitely in the Bible talks about holiness, he talks about living in a way that pleases him, I think we just have to start here. We start with surrender. We start with looking at what we believe about God. Is he really good? Does he really love me? 
does he really want what's best for me? And I think so much of it comes back down to looking at our belief in what's good. I said this before, but I don't think we necessarily understand what good is. Our ideas are twisted because of our corruption, because of our brokenness, because of sin. And so is God holding out on us? No. No, he's not. He wants us to flourish. He wants to give us the life that is truly life. He wants us to live out of our full potential. We're only going to discover that through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, through a life lived in him. Next time we're going to keep going on this. I got one more episode in this little series. But I want to talk next time about the Holy Spirit. Because I think that's really where the power comes from. This whole idea of surrender and living a life that pleases God. And so, until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.